before you can walk in the spirit, you have to empty yourself of the flesh. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unlocking Scripture. I'm your host, Justin Torres. Today, I wanted to talk to you a bit about what it means to walk in the spirit and how to walk in the spirit while not walking in the flesh and how to overcome the flesh according to what the Bible instructs us to. And it's essential that every believer understand the importance of walking in the spirit and walking by the spirit because Jesus, when he called us to him, he called us to a life of transformation. And when we look at the Bible, including in the book of Romans, that life of transformation comes with dying to yourself. The transformative power of the Holy Spirit that comes to work in a believer's life is the process known as sanctification. So when we're talking about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is a process. And it's something that we go through all throughout our Christian lives, but it has an end goal. Ultimately, the end goal is to lead you into heaven, into the presence of God and eternal life. But on earth, that goal is spiritual maturity and bearing fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in order to get there, we have to allow the Spirit to sanctify us. Sanctification, what does that mean? Sanctification is just like what spiritual growth sounds like. It's simply the process of the Holy Spirit working in you to make you more and more like Christ. You see, we have to die to self, but we also have to give room for the Holy Spirit to start to do a work in us. And he leads us to repentance. He leads us to humility, to um, having a teachable spirit. And throughout that process of sanctification, he's changing the way that we think. The Bible says to be renewed in your minds, to be renewed in your thinking. We can look at Romans and Romans says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the Holy Spirit, when he comes into a person's life, he starts that work, but it's up to us. We also have a responsibility to allow him the space to do that work. And that's what we're going to talk about today is walking by the spirit and not in the flesh. But again, it's important that every Christian understand the importance of it, because without the Holy Spirit, there really is not no point of even trying to do this. There's no point of trying to follow Jesus because we need the Holy Spirit because he's the one that enables us to live out the calling that God has for us. That's why Jesus says that he is the helper. He sends a, the Holy Spirit to us, and the Spirit of God is the one that enables us to live a holy life. So this is mainly a study out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25, and we'll read it. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So, 
just breaking down what this passage is talking about, there's two sides of the coin. The first side is Paul is saying that every believer has a responsibility and is encouraged to walk by the Spirit. The other half of that is talking about what the uh, works of the flesh are and also what the fruit of the Spirit is. So you, you get a clear picture of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit and what walking by the Spirit leads to, which is the fruit. So here's the thing to pay attention to. Verse 1 gives us a key. Well, verse 16, actually, the first verse, gives us the key to everything we're going to talk about. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if you want to understand how not to live in the flesh, how to get out of that, how to break the powers of the flesh, walk by the Spirit. Because if you're walking by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh because they can't walk together. They can't be compatible with one another. And let's just understand the concept by taking a look at just a biblical definition of both walking by the Spirit and walking in the flesh and what those two words mean. So walking by the Spirit simply means to just live out your life under the influence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit by being obedient to Him. When the Bible talks about the word walk, it's referring to uh, practical living, excuse me. So day-to-day life and day-to-day life by walking with the Holy Spirit, by being obedient to him. And this is Romans 8, 14. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. When we look at walking in the flesh, it's the opposite of that. It's living a life that is contrary to the Holy Spirit, contrary to what he asks us to do and basically obeying the flesh, being obedient to your sinful desires, your carnal nature, and acting upon those things. So Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So it gives us that that responsibility that if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to walk and be disciples of Jesus Christ, then we have a responsibility to crucify the flesh. So let's go back to Galatians. Verse 24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And when we examine that verse, it looks like a one-time thing because it says, have crucified the flesh. But the Bible teaches us that we are to carry our cross daily. And that cross is our passions, our desires, our sinful nature. We're carrying it daily and constantly putting it to death. Because as long as we're on this earth, our flesh is going to have opportunity to rise up against us and try to make us fall into sin. But when you're walking in the spirit, you have the ability to crucify the flesh. And it's important that we understand that because, again, Romans 8, 14 says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So when we're talking about walking in the spirit. We're talking about living under the guidance and the influence of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to have his will in our life. We follow his lead. We obey his voice, but we also become sensitive to his voice and learn to hear him. When you're walking in the flesh, you're opposing the spirit 
and you're pushing him away. And the Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. And that's not what we're called to do. It says in Romans 8, again, in 5 through 8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. So on the opposite, what we need to do is set our minds on the things of God, the things of the Spirit, the things that glorify Him, and oppose the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. What are the things of the Spirit? The Word of God. That's number one. If you want to discover that, dive into your Bible and see what the Bible has to say. Living in obedience to Jesus. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. If you want to find life, if you want to find peace, set your mind on the things of God. And for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So walking in the spirit, it requires us to crucify the flesh and it requires us to submit ourselves unto God. Galatians 5.24 says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So this takes us to what Jesus told us, that we must carry our cross daily and follow him. Carrying your cross is denying yourself, denying your sinful passions, and obeying God, obeying Jesus. That's how you walk in the spirit. It starts with obedience. It starts with humility and recognizing Jesus, recognizing what he says is right and denying what you think is right. Not following your own will, but not submitting to the flesh. Our flesh wants to lead us into things that don't glorify God, but God, his spirit, leads us to eternal life. And so let's talk about some practical steps for walking in the spirit. Now that we understand the concept of it is before you can walk in the spirit, the first thing you have to understand is that you have to empty yourself of your flesh. I'll say that again. Before you can walk in the spirit, you have to empty yourself of the flesh. Die to yourself because you have to make room for him. You can't make you can't have the Holy Spirit fully in control when you're in the way. You have to be willing to put yourself aside and you have to make way for him. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, it says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So if you want to walk by the Spirit, you have to understand walking in light. You have to understand coming out of things that are dark, coming out of sin, and starting to cling to what is good. It says that at one time you were darkness. So yes, we all have a past. We all had things that we struggle with. But God calls us out of those things into his marvelous life, into a new life. The Bible says that we are born again, that when we come to Jesus, we're made new creations. The old man dies in the baptism waters. He comes out new with Christ. So as new creations in Christ Jesus, we need to learn how to walk in him. We need to learn how to be obedient to him and follow him and obey him. And it says, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord, which I find that interesting because by walking in the spirit, 
you open up yourself to be able to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's why the Bible says in Romans that to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern what is good and acceptable and perfect, what the will of God is. And we have to understand that our life is not our own. Once we come to Jesus, you know, God calls us to walk in his spirit, to walk after him. It says in Galatians 2.20, and Paul writes this, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the other thing is when you're walking in the spirit, you're, you have this understanding that you are not your own. You belong to Jesus. And so you're living your life by faith in order to please him, not based on your own will. You're living to do his will. So when we're looking at practical steps on walking in the spirit, the first thing that we should do is to humble ourselves. Empty yourselves of your flesh. Crucify that flesh. Don't allow it to rise up. And when it is rising up, learn how to put it to death by going into your prayer closet, going into the word of God, having accountability in your life, and, and even start fasting. Bring fasting and prayer into your life. And learn how to crucify your flesh by learning to discipline it with fasting. So humbling yourself, James 4, 6, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So that's one thing to point out is that God gives grace to those who are humble, but he does reject the proud. He opposes the proud. So if you have pride in your life, you can't walk by the spirit like that. You can't walk in the spirit when pride is in the way because pride puts you against God. It says that that um, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So you need to humble yourself. So examine yourself. Take a moment to go into the mirror and examine your thought life. Examine your behavior. Examine what's in your heart. The Bible says that Jesus searches the minds and the hearts. So we need to bring those things before him. And if you don't know what could be holding you back or what could be holding the spirit back from you, you can ask him and he'll reveal it to you. But we have to humble ourselves and allow ourselves to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and not try to do his job. The second thing is to devote yourself to prayer and worship. And that's how we start to, to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit is by seeking him in prayer and worshiping him because he is God. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And I love that it says to be thankful. There's another verse in the Bible that says that it is the will of God that we be thankful. And the reason why that's important is that having gratitude in your life, but not just this motivational gratitude that we see in the phases these days, having godly gratitude, thanking God for one having another day, uh, maybe having health, having him as our savior. There's so many things to be thankful for. And having that godly gratitude allows you to, one, be humble, to recognize that the things that you achieved in your life, the successes, the blessings that you have, all comes from God. It's not something that you get on your own. We work and we, we're able to achieve things, but it's God who enables us and gives us that success. The Bible says that man plants, but the Lord is the one that gives the growth. So we need to be thankful and devote ourselves into prayer. Finding time throughout our day to seek God and to look for his face. 
and not just his hands. When we're only looking for the blessings, we put ourselves at the center. And that limits us because God wants us to build a relationship with him and not just look to him as if he's a genie that's here to grant every wish. Now we got to look for God for who he is and allow him to change and transform us so that we could be who he wants us to be to bring him the glory. Our lives are only for, for Christ. That's why Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. And the life I live now, I live in faith for the Son of God. He lives for Jesus. And that's what God has called us to do is to live for him. And that comes by humbling ourselves, devoting ourselves to prayer and worship. Worship as in adoring God throughout our daily life. And then another step, study your Bible. You can't serve a God that you don't know. So in order to get close to the Holy Spirit and to start walking in the Spirit, you have to know what the Word of God says. You have to know it because if not, you can be deceived. The Bible says, test every spirit to know if it's from the Lord. Psalms 1, 19, 11 says, I have stored your word. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And let's just take a moment to think about what that's saying. I have stored up your word in my heart. When you store something in your heart, the physical book that you see right behind me doesn't have to be with me present 24 hours a day because I have studied the word of God and it's now meditated in my heart. So I can react to situations based on my relationship with God and, and the storing of his word in my heart. I've treasured his word in my heart and it will cause me to respond godly because I've already treasured it in my heart. And that's what the psalmist is saying. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you have God's word in your heart, you're going you're gonna to have a better time resisting sin. You're going to have more conviction. And conviction is your best friend. That's what's going to keep you from sin. Conviction is going to keep you walking in this straight, narrow path that Jesus calls us to walk in. It's when you don't have the word that you open yourself up to apostasy. You open yourself up to deception and many other things. You know, the Bible wouldn't say in Ephesians 6 that the word of God is a sword, the sword of the spirit, if it didn't have ability to defend against things like deception and amongst many other things. So you have to study your Bible. You have to make time for prayer. And, and these two things coupled together with humility is going to put you in a position to walk in the spirit because walking in the spirit is simply building a relationship with him. And when you walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh because they are not compatible with one another. You'll be able to resist the desires of the flesh. And I'll just give uh, an example. Let's take somebody who might be struggling with cigarettes or struggling with drinking. If you continue to feed into the sin that you struggle with, that sin is only going to continue to grow bigger and bigger and consume you more. So instead of investing time and efforts into the sin, take those efforts out, starve the sin, and start to apply those efforts into studying your Bible, devoting yourself into prayer, and seeking after God. And you'll be surprised what God will do because God will, the, the presence of God will grow larger in your life. The work of God will be more evident in your life and you will begin to grow spiritually. 
And as you grow spiritually, as you grow in the faith, you're going to be able to put to death these things that you struggle with or that a person struggles with. So think about what that might be in your life. Whatever it is that you struggle with that keeps you away from God, starve it and replace that effort. And, and then start to put that effort into seeking after God and learn to walk in the spirit. You'll learn to walk in the spirit when you study your Bible, when you store the word up in your heart. You're going to be able to walk based on that. You're going to respond based on the word of God. And so let's talk about overcoming some obstacles that might come in the way of us walking by the spirit. And this is one of them. And it, and it couples again with humility is that you need to have accountability in your life. I'll, I'll give one example of this. Let's say there's a married person and that married person has someone in their job or someone in their school that uh, is trying to build a maybe an inappropriate relationship with them. You need to have somebody that you can talk to about that, that can warn you of those things, that can pull you away from those things. You need to have people in your life that will push you to read your Bible, that will push you to pray, that would invite you to pray with them, that would also invite you to read the Bible with them, that will check on you when you're when you're cold, when you're not walking right with God, and when you just appear off, you need to have people like that in your life. How do you find those people in church? You find those people in the body of Christ. And you're not going to find the perfect person. Church is basically a hospital for sinners. Everybody has an issue. It doesn't matter what it is. So we can't put high expectations on imperfect people. But... There are people in church who truly walk by the Spirit, who are disciples of Jesus Christ, who do have the best interests of other people in mind and want to help people grow spiritually. And you need to find those people. And when you find those people, you need to stick with them and walk life with them and build your community. So you need to have accountability in your life in order to overcome certain obstacles like falling into temptation. Or when you do fall into temptation, not having somebody that can help you um, overcome it. On the opposite is that you need to actually get rid of people in your life that pull you away from God, that cause you to sin. You know, if you're somebody that might struggle with a certain sin and it's coming from somebody you know, you got to give that person an ultimatum. Either we're going to change this relationship, this friendship. Or I'm going to disconnect myself and I'm going to put up my healthy boundaries because my relationship with God matters more. And you have to be that radical because the Bible says that if your eye causes you to sin, gauge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You know, Jesus used that extreme example to show how extreme we must be when handling sin because at the end of the day, hell is hot and it's not a place that he wants us to go. And I don't say that to promote any type of fear, but if there is any type of fear to promote, it's fear of God, to walk righteously, to live holy. And sometimes that requires us to cut off certain people, I'm not saying in an ungodly way or in a rude way, but to actually disconnect toxic relationships in our life. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. So if, if the Bible says it, it is definitely a guarantee it can happen. Another example is if somebody, it's, it's kind of like this example, if somebody struggles with smoking cigarettes and says, I'm going to quit, 
but keeps the packs of cigarettes in their house, at some point or another, they're going to fall into the temptation to smoke it. Same thing. When you have people in your life that cause you to sin, if you allow them to continue being in your life and nothing changes, at some point, the same thing is going to happen again that they're going to cause you to sin. So examine your relationships and determine if some relationships need to go or not. And um, to follow up with that same example that Jesus said is that you need to cut off things in your life that bring temptation. So, for example, if you struggle with pornography, you might need to get rid of some devices. You might need to get rid of certain things that draw you to um, to watch pornography. And you might need to use an app like Covenant Eyes that can um, allow your accountability partner keep you from watching those things. So you just need to be able to be willing to cut off the things that bring temptation. That that comes with having accountability in your life. And it's important to have that because if you're allowing yourself to indulge in sin, sin will become your master. You serve sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Why would it say wage? Because wage is, is something that you work for. You don't go to work to get a gift. You go to work to get a payment. So if the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, that means the payment for sin is death. And it's it's called the payment because we serve that master. If you're living in sin, you're serving the master of sin. And it says that the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That's because we can't earn our salvation. We can't work for our salvation. It's a gift that's given to us through Jesus Christ. So that's what we're called to take on. So have accountability in your life. Get rid of people in your life that cause you to sin and cut off things in your life that bring temptation. Lastly, when you start to get cold, just remember to look at that as the alarm going off and your spirit telling you, you need to get back into your prayer closet. You need to get back into your word and start to build that relationship again because God's not condemning you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if you have a moment where you're cold, you have a moment that you fall, get back up. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Get into your prayer closet. Get into the word of God again and start the cycle again. Walk by the spirit. That's how you do it. Building a relationship with the Holy Spirit and having an ongoing relationship with him every single day, seeking the Holy Spirit, seeking his guidance, seeking his voice, asking him to teach you his word. And building that relationship with him. So let's conclude today with some some takeaways. When we look at walking by the Spirit, it's simply aligning your life with the Holy Spirit's guidance and living in obedience to him. Living in obedience to God's word. Now also, when we're talking about not walking in the flesh, you have to empty yourself of the flesh. Adopt humility, devotion to prayer, worship, and consistent Bible study. It's all crucial for walking in the spirit and then seek support from other believers and have accountability in your life. So if this is blessed to you, I just want you to be encouraged today because we all have our struggles in life. We've all made mistakes. You know, the Bible says that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Why would he use the name Jacob if he changed his name to Israel? Because Jacob was the imperfect version of him. Israel was the one that was made to be in the likeness of God afterwards. So God 
is there with you on moments of imperfection and moments of high times when you're doing well with him. He doesn't change. We change, but God doesn't change. So be encouraged. Learn to walk, walk by the spirit by getting in the word of God. Follow this podcast as we're going to continue to just pour into you, help you get discipled, and just help you to, to grow spiritually. That's what this is all about, is sharpening believers to help you be everything that God has called you to be. So I encourage you today. I bless you. And go ahead, if this is something that has blessed you, to go ahead and uh, like it in the bottom. Share this with somebody that might receive blessing from it as well. And uh, follow us on social media. We have our Instagram channel, which is Justin Torres with three underscores at the bottom. You can follow me there. And I hope to catch you on the next episode. Until then, God bless you.